All right, I'm ready. All right, I'm pouring this coffee. Okay. Have we been recording? Oh, no. Yes. Okay, good. Um, Can you hear lawn noise? No. Okay. No matter where I go in my house, there is yard noise. Hmm. Not from my own lawn work, in case there was confusion there. <laughs> not from no. not from my lawn guys. <laughs> yes, the multitude of, of lawn men that you employ. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's just the bookshelf employees, like with lawn mowers. Now that's an idea. Outside. <laughs> that's that's a good idea. One time I was out I was walking to my car and this lawn guy from another yard came up and he was like, Don't you want your sidewalk? edged and i said yes by my husband bye <laughs> thanks <laughs> see ya welcome to episode 92 of from the front porch a collection of conversations on books small business and life in the south my name is chris jensen and i have morning voice and i'm annie jones the owner of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown thomasville georgia annie we have some things to talk about we do Maybe. First off, I feel like I haven't seen you in like a month. Yeah, and we still can't see each other. That's right, which is why <laughs> this is happening over the phone. Yeah, so if our voices sound different, we're trying something new today. Like... Uh, trying something new is more like doing something out of necessity. Doing something because we needed to. Um, so I feel like we should talk about the proverbial metaphorical elephant in the room, which is that more people are listening to us than usual. And, and, and a lot more. <laughs> a lot more. Um, so what, what accounts for this? We should say a little welcome because a lot of people, I think, started listening to our podcast based on the recommendation or the link over from the Modern Mrs. Darcy podcast. Yes, and Bogle. And Bogle. So she was on our podcast and I was on hers. And as a result, I don't even know the percentage growth of what we have experienced in the past week. <laughs> um, but suffice it to say, it's bonkers. It's nuts. So, welcome. Um, thank you for listening to our little podcast. So we did decide that it might be a good time to kind of reintroduce ourselves. And one way we thought we could do that is through asking each other questions from the New York Times by the book column. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do today to kind of introduce new listeners to me and to Chris, to the bookshelf, to From the Front Porch. I think it should be fun. And I think I, I think this is going to be great. But I think before we ask these questions, we should just kind of briefly introduce ourselves yeah. more, than, more than we do in the intro because mine is different every time. You are the owner of the bookshelf in downtown Thomasville, Georgia. I am. Um... I am the owner of an independent bookstore in a small town in the South. I was a journalism major in undergrad, worked as a writer and editor in Tallahassee at a legal organization, and somehow found myself managing an independent bookstore for about a year before moving to Thomasville and taking over and buying the bookshelf Thomasville. That's a lot of things, 
but <laughs> but it's it's been a roller coaster of emotion, um, and I'm getting to live my dream, so it's pretty fun. And you will get to live your dream someday, but right okay. now you're getting qualified to live that dream. Uh, yes, and that was actually a really good way of articulating that. <laughs> I am a graduate student. I'm a PhD student in medieval literature at a large state university in northern Florida. Um, I like reading, and I like reading a lot of diverse things. However, I am not allowed to read anything right now that is not on a list that I prepared several months ago because I'm taking my um, comprehensive exams in three weeks. So close. You're so close. Uh-huh. I'm so close. <laughs> Don't sound panicked. Sound excited. You're so close. Um, uh-huh. Actually, a, did I tell you this, that a student came into the store the other day and she had just taken her prelims and she's getting her PhD in history and she wanted to tell us that she loves listening to the podcast while she's kind of prepping her reading lists. And so we have helped her through her PhD program. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, pretty if exciting. any of you new listeners are PhD students and would like to commiserate, yep, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to come. And part-time, Chris helps us out at the bookshelf, which we yes. really appreciate. Which I've been doing for... A year. Um, a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half now. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a ride. <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. I can't believe how strange it is to be anything at all. <laughs> so, I think we should jump into these questions. I think so, too. All right, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a question. Your questions can be different from mine. These are just some of my favorites from the By the Book column. <laughs> um, I'm going to jump right in because I'm curious I'm sure ours are very different. What books are actually physically on your nightstand right now? Right now, physically, literally on my nightstand are no books because I don't like to read in bed. However. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I did not know this about you. I really, really hate reading in bed. Um, I can't explain that, but I don't like it. Okay. Um, But I think the spirit of the question really is kind of what are you reading right now and what would you... What are you planning on reading? What have you put down recently? Right. Um, So if I can answer these questions, or this question based entirely on the actual answers, I'm right now reading The Yale Companion to Chaucer. (laughs) I'm about to pick up um, a book published in 1991 um, by a guy named Lee Patterson. It's called Chaucer and the Subject of History. I'm in a Chaucer unit in my reading right now. Um, I just finished Troilus and Crusader yesterday. It's brilliant and beautiful, and I want to talk about it a lot, but now is not the time or place, probably. (laughs) Not maybe Um, your ideal audience for that. So ask me again in a month, and I will have a different answer. And I will, well, everybody would have a different answer, right? But I will have a more, oh, what's the word? Um, Accessible answer. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really intrigued. I'm sorry. I don't think I can quite get over not reading in bed. Like, when do you read, then? So is that my second question? Um, (laughs) Yes. um, I like reading either at my my dining room table slash office. Um, I like doing that in the morning. I like reading at my campus office, (laughs) at my desk. 
um, in the late morning, and I like reading on my couch or on the porch in the afternoon. If I could read, if I had my choice of reading anywhere, it would be outside, always. I love reading outside. I do too. I get that. Okay, so what is on your nightstand right now? I will start off with the same question. So I do read in bed, um, and I I have a lot of books both on my nightstand and in my nightstand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what is on my nightstand right now is My Brilliant Friend, which I am finally oh, reading. Yeah. So I am reading it specifically for this podcast. Um, it was kind of talked about on the Ann Bogle episode that I did with her, and I am finally taking the plunge. So I started that. I'm, Excellent. I mean, we've talked about that a lot over the past several months. Yeah, so it was finally time to, to pick it up. Um, and I'm doing it for you, listeners. I'm reading this book for you. Um, so, my brilliant friend, Present Over Perfect. I feel like just the title tells you what you need to know about my life right now. <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of that. I'm in the, I started Pond. I don't want to say I'm in the middle of it. I started it. Um, started Boss Life. And and I'm in the middle of grit. So I feel like my nightstand is kind of the books that I'm in the middle of, but I am it's not the books they're not the books that I take with me places to read. Right, right, right. Like the ones that I wanna finish, like I'm really excited about. I'm excited about my brilliant friend, I'm enjoying present over perfect, but those are books that I need to read when I'm at home, quiet and thinking. So, yeah. those are the books that are on my nightstand. Excellent. Um, what is the last great book you read? I think the last truly great book I read was Station Eleven. Mm. Um, I came to it late. I think I read it beginning of this year, maybe end of last year. I don't remember. Um, within the last 12 months, though. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm teaching it again in three weeks. I'm teaching it for the first time in three weeks, so I'll read it again. That's actually the first thing I'm going to read post-prelims because I'm teaching it three days after I finish my exams. That'll be perfect reading, actually, I think. I think it will be, too. Okay, so maybe this is a difficult one, but I really like the question. Oh, great. Um, if you could require the president to read one book, what would it be? Which president? The, the current, current president, Barack Obama. <laughs> current president, Barack Obama. Um, gosh, that is hard, but I think, okay, I've got two because I'm going to do a fiction and a nonfiction. Awesome. I actually think he would really enjoy The Mothers by Britt Bennett, and I know everybody's tired of me talking about it, but I'm not going to stop. Um, it's excellent. She's a debut novelist, and I think he and Michelle would enjoy discussing it together. Um, (laughs) and then... The other nonfiction title that I would recommend is Another Day in the Death of America. Yeah. And it's about um, gun violence and the children whose lives are lost at the hands of gun violence. So it was a really, gosh, really, I think, interesting, important book. And I don't think he's read it yet because I try to keep up with what the president claims to be reading. Uh, so those are those are two that I would send his way. Excellent. I think those are great, great picks. So 
one question that I thought was pretty fun. Uh, they don't ask this question on all the by the book columns, but they did ask it this week of Gretchen Rubin, who also has a podcast. The question is, who is your dream author slash guest for our podcast? Oh, man. Um, okay, I have an answer, and I will qualify it. Okay. Um, and then listeners will be mad about my qualification. It's okay. <laughs> um, I don't regret my opinions. I'm too old for that. Um, Neil Gaiman. Okay. I don't care for his writing all the time. Um, I think he's a very inconsistent writer, sometimes great, sometimes absolutely terrible. Um, but I think he's a very interesting person. Yeah. Um, and I think he would be a great conversationalist. I think we would, the three of us would have a lot to talk about together in terms of, of craft, in terms of book selling and book tours and like what he actually, like the subject matter of his, of his books. I think that would be a really good conversation. I agree. And I and I agree with your qualifications. So there's that. Take that. There's just a lot of and, and it's not a bad thing, um but he has a lot of fans and a lot of really um really vocal fans. Yeah. Um and I get it cuz I think he has some very good books, but not not all of them. <laughs> really not all of them. But I um, do think he'd be interesting to talk to. I agree. I think he'd be great. Um so I'm going to ask you the same question. Um so I can, do I, can I have two or just the one? Um, I'm going to hold you to one. Okay, well then, I'm crossing off the literary answer that I had written down, and instead okay. I'm answering with Mindy Kaling. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> because I think she would be so fun to interview. I have loved her books. I think she's a clever writer, but I also think perhaps just as important, more importantly, she's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. So I feel like on a podcast... Um, where you're really, you're really just telling stories. I think she would be fantastic. Yes, yes. I'm now like envisioning what this would look like in it. It would look amazing. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's a, a dream I don't want to leave. Yeah, I would love Mindy Kaling to sit on my couch and record an episode of From the Front Porch with me. <laughs> so Mindy, if you're out there, give us a call, please. Um, so do you consider yourself a fiction or a nonfiction person? That's tough because I like to think that I read both, but I probably prefer fiction. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of nonfiction, um, whether it's memoir or, um, you know, something like Another Day in the Death of America or personal growth. Like I love those habit making, bettering yourself books. Yeah. But I bet I bet most people would probably think and they would be right that I prefer fiction. Yeah, I mean if I had to put your taste in a nutshell, I would say literary fiction, dysfunctional family, drama. Yeah. Um and I think mine is right around there too. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think that's where our interests or our tastes kind of overlap there. Yeah. I'm gonna answer this question even though you didn't ask it. Yes, go right <laughs> ahead. I think, it's, I think it's an important and good question. Um, I think I do consider myself a fiction person, too, even though I really do like reading, especially personal essays, memoir essays. Um, I kind of don't... Well, I mean, this is 
dumb and I don't mean it the way it comes out, but I kind of don't believe in nonfiction. Um, only in that I don't really believe in objectivity. So even a story about someone's life that is something that happened to them in their life is still filtered through experience and through memory. And it is in some sense fictionalized through that. Sure. Um, and I just like that experience of the narrative of the storytelling, um, the stories people tell about themselves are sometimes the most interesting. I, I think that's true for memoir for sure. Do you think that applies also to like seven brief lessons in physics or? Yes. You do. I do. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with you. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll have to discuss that more at a future yeah. date. We can we can even do a whole podcast about that if you want. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna move it to a little less classroom and a little <laughs> a little more um, fun. Cool. Who would you? Which three authors, dead or alive, would you invite to a literary dinner party? Um, man, first one who jumped to mind was um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) Your party just escalated. I know. I just upgraded its status. Um, Let's see. Um, So F. Scott Fitzgerald. Umberto Eco. Oh. Um, Just, man, that guy is so smart. I would just love to listen to anything he says. And then Hannah Arendt. Oh, interesting. What an <laughs> eclectic dinner party you will have. Echo and Arendt would have the best conversation, and then Scott and I would just, like, sit and sip on our drinks sit and, and listen, drink. and it would be a great, great night. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, man, I'm, I'm so derivative here, but I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, so, <laughs> mine is just a bunch of white ladies getting together. Um, it would be Flannery O'Connor. Excellent. Madeline Lingle. Okay. And J.K. Rowling. So it'd be like, ladies, please tell me your thoughts on spiritual things. Yep, pretty much. I <laughs> I really would want to talk to them about faith and writing and storytelling. And I think Madeline and J.K. Rowling should meet. Like, they just need to meet. And I'd love to be the facilitator of that. Um, I Because I feel like... I don't know that J.K. Rowling has ever named Madeline Lingle as an inspiration of any kind, but I feel like the Harry Potter books often have, like, little influences from Wrinkle in Time or the Austen Family books. Um, And I have just loved Flannery O'Connor since my senior year of high school, and I would love... I would, and I think the food would be good. Like, I think we would have a lot of fun. (laughs) I would love those three women in my tiny kitchen cooking with me. I like that. Okay, what would you cook for them? Oh my gosh. Um, well, since right now I just cook Blue Apron. I cook whatever Blue Apron tells me to do. Um, I don't... What would I have? I think I would have... Um, I would start with a soup or a salad. Soup sounds nice, doesn't it? Maybe it's just fall. But soup is, sounds delightful. Yeah. And... I think I would cook something from, um, I've got this book called Bread and Wine um, by another favorite author, Shauna Nequist, and I would like want her at my dinner party in spirit, and so I think I would try to make 
something from her cookbook. And then um, I do make a pretty good blueberry crisp, and then I could eat the leftovers for breakfast. That's a good idea. Super salty. So you want? So you've got your dinner party, and then Sean and Nyquist is catering. Yeah, that's. Doesn't that sound like the kind of party I would throw? <laughs> Let's be real. It really does. <laughs> because here, you know what I care about: what's on my table, the music playing in the background, and that people feel immediately at home when they walk in my door. Mm. That's what I care about. So that's what I would be busy doing. I'm going to ask another one, and then you can ask me three in a row, too, if you want. Okay. Um, what music would be playing? Um, I think, God, you really want me to have this dinner party. Um, <laughs> fall with she and him on the record player in the background. <laughs> I feel like that's... And shot a Nyquist in the kitchen. Yeah, oh my gosh. Can I make this happen? I wish this were real life. Shauna, if you're listening. Shauna, I met her a couple weekends ago. I haven't even told you about that. No, because I haven't seen you. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to know, what book would people be surprised to know is on your shelf? Think about who the bookshelf and who these listeners think you are, and what's on your um, shelf that's surprising. Anne Rice? Yes, that's point. very surprising. <laughs> Um, man, I really love Interview with the Vampire, <laughs> uh, which is, which is, yeah, maybe a little bit out of character. Um, I'm looking at my shelf now. What else? I don't know. I think I, I like to think that I read really diversely and have really wide ranging taste, um, that I read, you know, Hannah Arendt and Umberto Eco, but I also really love comic books. I also really love, you know, like... Ryan North, Romeo and or Juliet, these just kind of silly things. And I have a lot of cookbooks and books about food. I don't know. All of those make sense. I definitely think just if I'm not if I'm not your friend or somebody that you see regularly, I think mm-hmm. Anne Rice is the most surprising of those. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe Harriet the Spy. Oh, Harriet. <laughs> That's who I was for Halloween a couple years ago. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of Harriet the Spy, were you a reader as a child? And if so, which children's books stuck with you the most, or did you read children's books? I didn't read a ton of children's books. Um, I read Harry Potter a lot, which I think definitely counts as a children's book. Yep. Um, those were coming out as I was a child and I was growing up with Harry and everything was wonderful. Um, so Harry Potter for sure. I would say that I was a reader as a child, but not as much as I claimed to have been, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I read more than my friends did probably, but not enough to really say in hindsight that I was a reader. Okay. Um, Another thing that I read too young that really stuck with me, but it was because my parents had a big collected edition, it was Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember reading some of his short story, stories and a bunch of his poetry at like eight or nine years old and just being just so fascinated by like the black cat and like 
your wife dies, so you wall, <laughs> so you bury her in the wall of your home and accidentally bury your cat back there too. <coughs> this cat that you hate, <laughs> and it's just gonna keep clawing its way out. Um, that that really stuck with me. It explains so much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I know this about you that you were definitely a reader as a child. What what has stuck with you? What if you had to choose a favorite? book from childhood what would it be um I was a super avid reader as a child but what I remember most I went to Christian school um a little Baptist school all growing up and their school library looking back was filled with like books published in the 60s and 70s maybe 80s like and so there are a few things I I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, even now when I recommend books to kids at the bookshelf, I'm recommending classics, like, stuff that's considered classics, because that's what my school library um, had on hand. Like, they did not have contemporary... I named my dog Junie B. Jones, but until I was an adult, I had never read Junie B. Jones. (laughs) Like, she was not in my school library. Um, So the books I remember... Um, as a third grader, I loved Miss Piggle Wiggle. Um, my third grade teacher read to us every day at lunchtime, and I thought she needed to read The Bridge to Terabithia to the class. <laughs> and so I brought it to school with me, and she saw that the word damn was in the book, and so she wouldn't read it. And so I went home, and I struck that word out with a Sharpie, and then I brought the book back and said, can you read it now? <laughs> and she did. <laughs> um, so that's one of my favorite st- stories of myself. I loved that book so much, and I felt like the whole class needed to hear it. Um, and then the only book that I like consistently reread is An Old Fashioned Girl by Louisa May Alcott. That's still... A favorite of mine and I read it as a kid obviously third grade was a big that must have been like the year that I could finally like read just tons of tons (laughs) of books because I remember reading Little Women for the first time it's um and my mom found me crying in my closet because I hated crying in front of people and (laughs) she asked me what was wrong and I think she thought I was crying because Beth dies but instead I was crying because Lori marries Amy and I hated, I hated Amy so much. And now I, that, now that makes sense to me. Like that as an adult reading Little Women or like knowing the story and knowing Louisa May Alcott, that all makes sense. But as a kid, it felt like the most unfair, oh, so unfair. And then I devoured the Anne of Green Gables books um, and Emily of New Moon. All of these books, you have heard me <laughs> like try to force on children at the bookshelf like you need to read Emily she's wonderful so it's kind of those classics that my life my school library I guess felt were safe and so they stocked them and and I'm actually grateful for that because as a result I got to read some classic children's books that I think other people have missed yeah no that's fair I mean and I would if I add to my list um I mean the Narnia series obviously right yeah um, I ended up writing like my master's thesis on Lewis, and I wouldn't have done that without, you know, my childhood obsession with the Narnia books. Right. I'm looking at my books right now, and I have them in the correct order, which is two, four, five, six, three, one, seven. 
Um, <laughs> um, but man, my my copy of the last battle is just so so beaten up. Yeah, it has like Coca Cola spilled all over it from when I drank that. <laughs> um, I would also even add the Artemis Fowl books, which I think are the ones that I try to force on children the most. That is, yeah, you love at those. the bookshelf. I love those books. Um, and it's something that kids today, and like you and I are not, I mean, objectively really that much older than the children right. who are selling books to. We are millennials, but they have not read these. No, they haven't. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Like, um, we've had staffers who are like really good about maybe the newer books and I try to like read a couple a year like so that I can kind of keep up but those classics whether it's Narnia or Harry Potter which kids still kids do still read Harry Potter um but you know introducing a kid to Betsy Tasty and Tib or if somebody likes Anne Shirley and I want them desperately to meet Emily like I just those classics I don't know there's nothing quite like reading when you're a kid. Um, That's true. It's, mm. yeah, I, I have a friend, a former roommate who articulated that to me one time, or maybe I articulated it to him. It was in conversation with him. I don't remember which one of us who said it. Um, but it was like the difference between reading as an adult and reading as a child is you're not reading to figure yourself out anymore. Yeah. That's, I like that too. Um, okay, I've got, like, three rapid-fire questions for you. Rapid-fire, okay. Like, either or, so you just have to pick. Okay. Um, no explanation. Right. Here we go. Paper or electronic? Paper. One book or lots of books? Lots of books. Morning or night? Morning. Okay. Interesting. I wish I had more. That was fun. That was fun. (laughs) I wish I had rapid-fire questions. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some up. Um, (laughs) hardcover paperback. Ugh, hardcover, but paperback for the tub. No, 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 no qualification, (laughs) no qualification, hardcover or paperback. Hardcover. Um, dust jacket on or dust jacket off? On, but messed up, always messed up at the end. (laughs) I always take mine off when I'm reading it. And that's smart. When I'm done. That's what I wish I did, but I don't. It's just because it annoys me when I'm reading it. It's oh, yeah. It's, like, constantly slipping and moving around. Absolutely. It's the worst. I don't even know why I picked hardcover. I read paperbacks more than anything else. Right. I love hardbacks <laughs> on my shelf. It's fine. <laughs> Lewis or Tolkien? Lewis. Okay. Yeah, no, that is not unexpected. <laughs> but do you think Jordan would say Tolkien? Yes. Excellent. Okay, and that's a good marriage. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. I've got, I've got one last question for you. Okay. Um, what is a book most recently that you felt like you were supposed to like, but you didn't, or the book that you put down without finishing? On the opposite end of that, the book I wasn't supposed to like, but did was The Martian. Uh, (laughs) Okay. That's fair. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a book that I was supposed to like, but didn't. Um, looking at these shelves, I read all these things, I've liked all these books. 
Oh, I don't know. Do you know this for me? <laughs> Do you know a book that I've read recently that I didn't like? I feel like there are lots of books that you are willing to put down, which may be why this is hard. Like It might be, because I'm just, I, I put down so many books that I don't even remember them. Yeah, like you, to me, you start a lot of books, because I, you and I frequently will have a conversation where I'll be like, would I like that? No. Like, I feel like you start a book, if you don't like it, you put it down, no problem. Yeah. And I feel like I am just getting to that point, but typical Annie is to, like, suffer through. Let me just keep <laughs> reading this dang thing so that I can finish it and write it on my list that I read it. <laughs> I read it. Yeah. Um, mine is Swing Time by Zadie right. Smith. yeah. I really feel like I was supposed to like that book, and I put it down, and I would like to finish, but notice it's not even on my nightstand anymore. It's on the floor. It's on the floor. It's on the floor. It's it's lost its position. It's moved. It's slowly trickled down. <laughs> so. Okay, um, well, then I have, I have one last question then. Okay. Um, book from the last five years that doesn't get enough press that more people should read. Mm. It can be the last five or ten years. I was making up a random number. Okay, the, ugh, the thing is, two come to mind, but I feel like they've gotten the press they need. So let me think of one that hasn't gotten the press it needs. Um, I really thought, and I know, like, I know that listeners from, hmm, gosh, listeners from Ann Bogle's podcasts will be like, no, we already heard you talk about that. But, um... So my favorite books of the past five to ten years have been huge. And I don't think that's just, I don't think that that's because I've got excellent taste so much as maybe we're actually awarding really great literature. So the books that came to mind were, um, like you, Station Eleven, All the Light We Cannot See, and Gilead. Like, those are my favorite books from the past five to ten years. But those are, like, mm-hmm. award-winning books. Yeah, those are, those are big books. So I'm going to say um, Sons and Daughters of Ease and Plenty. Yeah. Um, and because I thought it was beautifully written. Um, and I'm also going to say Astonish Me by Maggie Shipstead or Shipstead. I'm never sure how to pronounce her name. Um, Astonish Me completely took me into the world of ballet and I know nothing about ballet. (laughs) Um, And I, like, I never even, I feel like all girls take dance classes. I never set foot in a dance class my whole life, um, (laughs) childhood included. And I loved the language of Astonish Me. So Sons and Daughters of Ease and Plenty, which is a pretty new release, and then Astonish Me has been out for a couple of years. If you can, get it in hardback. I think the cover is prettier. Um, (laughs) The cover of the paperback, I feel like, did the book a disservice. So, yeah, those are two that I would say I wish more people had read them. Mm. That's good. Yeah. I remembered a book that I was supposed to like and really didn't. Okay. The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. Oh, you have talked about that. I don't think on the podcast, but just with me. Yeah, I remember yeah. you saying that. And it's one of those things that I, I don't like admitting in public um, for whatever reason. But, man, I really did not like that book. It feels unfinished. It feels really <laughs> jumpy. Um, parts of it are beautiful and brilliant, and parts of it just don't make any sense in the context of the whole, and 
I did not enjoy the experience of reading it. Mm. I always, so I don't need to love what other people love, mm-hmm. but it is disheartening sometimes when you read something that somebody else loved and you don't like it and you feel like, oh no, I can't be in this club with you. Like I can't yeah. share this love with you or or even I guess the reverse of that like I saw somebody commented somewhere I don't remember where that they hated the mothers and I thought Uh. oh no like (laughs) oh no (laughs) we can't be in the same club just for that one book but like still there is something so deeply personal about the books we read um that I it has affected my human relationships before you have to be so careful about <laughs> books that you give to other people. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so I think that was I think that was it. Do you think people know us better now? No. But <laughs> we are by nature unknowable beings. <laughs> um I am going to put in a little plug um before we wrap up. We do not have advertisements on this show, but we are the podcast of an independent bookstore, and we are beefing up our online shop. So you can find some of our favorite titles and some of our favorite gift items on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. So if you are a faraway listener who does not have a local independently owned bookstore, please support ours. We would love to ship you books. We would love to make personal recommendations. If the book you want isn't on our website, you can email us and we will ship it to you anyway. Like just because it's not on our website doesn't mean we can't get it. Um, So we are slowly kind of adding to that collection, but we have a few podcast listeners who support us by buying books from us. And if you have not thought about that before, Hooray! Now you can. So, um, bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. And we have a a fall gift box that Annie and I hand-selected ourselves. Um, We're very excited about all of the items that we put in it. Um, We hope that you will take advantage of that because it's it's a really nice little selection. Yeah, and it is available for purchase. We will wrap it up really pretty for you, and it'll be like getting a gift for yourself at your door. Or if you want to buy it for someone else, that's good, too. Yeah. Uh, clearly, I'm interested in treating yourself, but it's fine. If, <laughs> if somebody you love is having a birthday, please mail it to them. I think it's a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so Annie, where can they find us? Um, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Bookshelf T-Bill. We post all kinds of our happenings there. You can also find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website, like I said, bookshelfthomasville.com. And please, if you like the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.